Hi, this is Greg Kilstrom. Welcome to season three of the Agile World, where we discuss customer and employee experience, organizational and workforce transformation, and how business can adapt and continually improve in an Agile age. The Agile World podcast is brought to you by Tech Systems, an industry leader in full stack technology services, talent services, and real world application. For more information, go to techsystems.com. To read more about the topics discussed in this show, you can go to my website at theagile.world and read my latest articles or get a copy of my latest book, The Agile Workforce, now available on Amazon and other retailers. My name is Greg Kilstrom, and I'm the co-founder and CEO of CareerGig and the host of the Agile World podcast. We talk a lot about customer experience and employee experience on this show. Today, we're going to talk about the patient experience and how the pandemic has forever changed it. To help me discuss this topic, I'd like to welcome Corey Gerald, VP of Client Strategy at Insight Marketing Group. First, uh, welcome to the show, and why don't you tell me a little bit about what you do at Insight Marketing Group? Sure, yeah, happy to be here. Thanks for having me. So at Insight, we're a full-service marketing agency focused specifically on helping independent medical practices attract and retain patients. So as VP of Client Strategy, it's my job to make sure we're delivering on our promises for clients. And as I'm sure you and your listeners know, marketing's really data-driven now, you know, so much more than it used to be. So my role is sort of taking this left brain and right brain thinking and turning all this data into insight, pun intended, which, <laughs> which then drives this, you know, this really great creative that hopefully will move the needle for our clients. So um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's dynamic, it's fast paced and it's rewarding, but um, I know you guys can't see me right now, but it will cause your hair to fall out. I promise. <laughs> Awesome. Well, yeah, no, looking forward to, to having this conversation. So uh, first, let's let's define um, patient experience just so everybody understands what we're talking about. What? How do you how do you usually explain that? Yeah. So patient experience is everything that we say and do in a medical practice or hospital setting that affects a patient's thoughts or feelings and really their their well being. So everything from visiting the website to booking an appointment or uh, you know, when you go to the office and you have to, they give you that clipboard and you have to fill out like 15 pages worth of stuff, even if you've already filled it out online or um, once you're called back into the room and then you sit there for 45 minutes, all of that sort of contributes to the patient experience. And really anything that kind of touches the patient counts towards their experience. So that's in the office, with the provider, with the billing department, once once you leave uh, you know, it's all part of the patient experience. So what I like to say to people is that in healthcare, it used to just be about getting people seen. And then obviously you want to provide them with great care. But today's patients really are consumers and you can think of them as such. They're customers, they're informed, they have choices and they know about it. Um, you know, quick story, like my, my mother, for example, she is uh, 67 this year. And, uh, you know, if her primary care provider says, you know, Darlene, you need to go and see an orthopedic doctor about your knee. I'm going to give you the name of somebody. She doesn't even think twice about it. She says, well, my doctor said, go to this other doctor. So that's what I'm going to do. And a lot of patients today, uh, especially the younger generation, do the exact opposite, where they say, you need to see an orthopedic provider. And the first thing that they'll do 
is they'll go online and they'll say, okay, so who is the best rated orthopedic provider near me that accepts my insurance? So patients now are choosing their providers kind of like they choose where they're going to go for sushi. Yeah. 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 And, and a lot of people too, they'll, um, you know, it, it like it all comes back to, like I said, every instance of, of interaction. So some people, you know, they could have a fantastic experience with their doctor, uh, but the billing department either, you know, kind of maybe, maybe they messed something up or they didn't communicate properly. And, and suddenly um, they'll go online and they'll leave a review that's two stars because the front desk person was rude or the billing department kind of dropped the ball. Um, and, and we see that a lot with a lot of our clients, you know, the, the uh, level of care is never really in question. It's everything that's sort of around the care that culminates in this um, not so stellar review. So all of those things kind of come together and make up the patient experience. Yeah. And that's, I think that's where it shares similarities with customer experience. I mean, I think a lot of a lot of companies or a lot of employees and companies don't think that customer experience is really their job, right? You know, there's, there may be a, at a, at a corporation, there may be someone with a job title that says customer experience and, you know, in, in healthcare, um, there are people that are more obvious that you would assume are, are related to patient experience, but to your point, everything from billing to every single touch point, just like with, with CX, um, every single touch point actually affects that, that overall experience. And I think, you know, to organizations that understand that it sounds like you work, you know, you work with a lot of organizations to help um, teach them the, those, those principles. Yeah, exactly. And, and it is so different from what it used to be. Cause you know, like I said, it, it was just very much let's get in, let's get good care and let's get out. And, and now the, the patients really are, consumers. And like I said, they do have choice, they are informed, and they're using all of the tools at, at their disposal, uh, just like customers in any other industry to make the decision that's best for them. It, but instead of, you know, obviously, purchasing something at the end of the cycle, they have a new knee. <laughs> right, right, exactly, exactly. So let's, uh, let's talk about uh, telemedicine. And, you know, obviously, with um, in the world of work, it's, you know, remote work has, um, has really changed the, the employee experience as well as the, as well as the customer experience. So in, in patient experience, what's, what are the impacts with, with telemedicine and how does that infect, uh, how does that affect, uh, the, the employees of the practices? So taken from, you know, both the patient and the employee perspective. Yeah, so as you can imagine, there this past year was a huge uh, growth in telemedicine. I was recently just looking at an article from Becker's, and um, they were saying that by the end of 2020, they were expected to top 1 billion telemedicine visits overall. Wow. And so really, I mean, what happened was there before the pandemic, some providers were offering telemedicine. Uh, we were actually working with one who, uh, funny enough, was getting ready to roll out a telemedicine solution before all of the craziness kind of happened. So if you go back to January, February of last year, they were sort of considered cutting edge because they were getting ready to, to roll this out across to their patients. Um, today, because of COVID and everything that's happened, 
Um, it's a necessary part of the healthcare community. And as the pandemic and the lockdowns like really started to take hold, uh, we what we saw was kind of uh, an oh no moment where a lot of these providers, particularly if they're a small group um, or single provider practices, they really had no idea how to get this technology off the ground. So it created a real kind of scramble where everyone was saying, okay, what, what do we do? How do we do this? How do we do it affordably? Because uh, we're not going to be able to see patients in the office. So we still want to keep the lights on and keep the doors open, right? But we don't yeah. really know what we're doing. So let's sign up for something and then just throw it against the wall and kind of see if it sticks. And that's where a lot of these providers were. Um, you know, I, I don't want to, I, I can't overstate like how important it was to help get this off the ground again, so that they could keep the doors open for the, for, um, their employees and then also provide the care that they need to for their patients. But if you think of it, like a lot of these guys and girls that are doctors and they're independent providers, they are small business owners, just like I'm sure a lot of your, your listeners are, um, they just also happen to be doctors. So, um, they're really good at the healing part and they're not so great at pretty much any of the other business parts. Don't tell them I said that. <laughs> um, so when this entirely new solution to see patients kind of came about and they were really forced to embrace it because honestly, there was nothing else you could do. I, as you can imagine, there was plenty of hiccups. How do I log on? Do I download an app? Is it even right. worth seeing my doctor through a, a phone? So once I'm here, now I just sit on the phone and wait, just like I'd sit in the office. That's that's silly. I'm just going to hang up. So um, we went through all of those things. And, and I would say that kind of the, the lesson that we learned um, through this telemedicine explosion from a provider side and from a patient experience side is really that it, it's all about education um, and, and setting those expectations on the front end that was really key to improving the patient experience on the back end. And what I mean by that is this was new for everyone. And so the more that we are able to educate the patients about what this experience is going to look like and what's going to happen, um, we found that the, the results and the quality score at the end of the appointment was much higher because they knew what to expect and and uh, how it was actually going to go down. And I would say for employees, it's much the same. A lot of the times we just sort of assume, you know, employees are along the ride with us, but yeah. we don't really tell them where we're going or how we're going to get there. Right. So it's a little stressful and it's kind of unfair and it can cause that communication chain to break down. And, and um, you know, just as a quick example, Practice leadership says, "Hey, we're going to do telemedicine." They talk to it, uh, talk to the physicians about it. Well, then that gets down to a medical assistant, that gets down to front desk, and you know whoever else is involved in the practice. And it's like a game of telephone. And suddenly, by the time um, that front desk person is answering a phone, you're six people removed. They don't really understand what's going on. And then you throw us marketing or HR people in, and then it's a it's a giant mess. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So when you're when you're working with companies, so, I mean, you mentioned a lot of great, uh, a, a lot of great um, ideas and, and just ways of thinking. But how, where do you get started? Like, what's the, what's the low hanging fruit for, um, let's say, for 
um, managers and HR managers and, you know, when, when building teams, how, what's a way for them to think about, um, you know, just, just preparing for this, this new environment and, and, you know, how, how might someone get started? Yeah, I, I think that the number one thing and what, I, what I've seen that gets missed a lot is just communication, you know, over communicate. Um, that's number one. And then finding unique ways to train folks, I think can also go a really long way. Um, you know, in a lot of practices, and I'm, I'm sure a lot of businesses as well, uh, if you have a new initiative come out uh, or there's going to be a new workflow maybe there's a memo or an email that gets sent or it gets mentioned in a meeting and that's kind of it. Um, and yeah. so one, one way that we've been very successful and we've helped practices kind of roll this out is doing this sort of like on demand training. So creating like a, or implementing like a learning management solution um, where employees are either sent content and then they have to engage with it in some way and then their progress is measured. So, um, for an example, one thing that we do with some of our clients is we have a, we'll implement like a, a course for them. We call it like patient experience 2.0. And um, when they're hired, so this starts almost immediately, um, they're sent an email and it says, you know, congratulations, welcome to the team, blah, blah, blah. Take this course. Um, you're going to get an email every week for the next five weeks. And then they log on, they watch a little video, they take a little quiz. Once that's done uh, and they complete each of the five modules, then they are given some sort of uh, like a certificate. The supervisor is alerted and then that's celebrated. And then we continue doing that. So we keep training and we keep finding engaging ways to do that, not only um, when it's convenient for the employee, so it's, it's on demand, they can kind of do it whenever, um, but then we make it known either through uh, like the practices intranet or their Facebook group or their internal a newsletter, if they have one, whatever it may be, um, to celebrate the fact that the, uh, like whoever it is, Joe Smith, the new hire has completed their patient experience training. And we go back to this well over and over again of over communicating and, and training so we can make sure that as many people as possible are on the same page as we move forward. Yeah. What about from the from the patient's perspective? I mean, how do you how do you teach organizations to listen to their patients? And you know, what's what are some tools or just even some some methods that you that you use to teach? Because I mean, a lot of that you know we call it voice of the customer or, or whatever it might be. Like, how do you teach people to listen better? And I'm sure they're you know nurses and doctors are used to listening to conditions and, you know, making diagnoses, right. but we're talking about something vastly different here. So how do you teach them to listen for something different? Yeah. Well, one, one great tool, honestly, has been the rise of online reviews and online reputation management when it comes to, to healthcare, because this is kind of like the proof in the pudding, right? So if you, need to know what people really think of your practice, you can go to Google and you're going to find out pretty quickly what people think of your practice. Um, and, and that does, that, it's a fantastic teaching tool uh, because we can use that. And, um, you know, we, we've used that to help identify if there's a problem within a certain department of a practice or a hospital. 
and we can also see what we're doing really well and what we need to improve on. You know, we can use sentiment analysis to see um, what sort of key phrases people are continually typing and, and saying in their reviews. So if everyone keeps saying rude front desk, we know that there's a problem with right. someone at the front desk. Um, and then, you know, doing some, some like third party measurement too. Uh, you know, a lot of times we'll come in and we'll kind of do these assessments for them where we can evaluate how much friction there is um, in various ways. You know, how much friction is there when you're trying to visit the website or when you're filling out new paperwork or does the office smell weird or are the trash cans overflowing? Those kinds of things all wind up um, making their way into these reviews and becoming part of that patient experience. And as an employee there, you know, it's, it's like anything, you see it every day. So you just learn to kind of see through it, if you will. Or if you're, if you're a provider, you're a doctor or a nurse, you know, you're running from clinic room to clinic room nonstop. And you never even, you know, you never really step foot into the, the waiting area where people are. So, uh, you know, it's all about having that fresh perspective. And, and again, then, then being able to utilize this data that we now have, because we have so much of it. Yeah, yeah. No, that's great. Well, uh, one last question before we wrap up here. Um, from your perspective, you talk with a lot of companies, you hear a lot of a lot of stories, gain a lot of insights. What's on the horizon for patient experience, the future of patient experience, telemedicine? You know, what are you seeing coming that uh, you know that 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 people should uh, be aware of? Yeah, so I think on the on the horizon, the, the thing to remember is that patients are consumers. So they've got more choice. There's going to be more disruption. Um, healthcare is a stable industry and it makes a lot of money. Um, so things are always changing. And I, I think that the pandemic taught us that um, as much as a lot of these offices, providers, employees um, may be resistant to change, they will accept it. <laughs> so telemedicine, you know, it's going to become a regular part of our healthcare journey. Um, now that we know that it works and it's okay, it's not going to bite, that kind of thing. Um, it's going to become easier. I would also say that there's going to be a rise in remote monitoring tools. So that's your your watches, your bands, your wearables, you name it. Um, and as more practices come to understand the uh, how technology can improve their their business and help them run a little bit smoother, I think automation, you know, and again, like just data science, it, it's going to continue to play a role in how not only we consume and experience healthcare, but also on the provider side and, and on the employee and the hiring side, how all of that is executed as well. So I think a long, long story short is technology is going to play an even bigger role and um, the experience as a result is going to be better and it'll be different than anything that's kind of come before. Yeah. Great. Great. Well, Corey, thanks so much for joining the show. For those listening, uh, what's the best way for them to keep up with what you're doing? Yeah, thanks again for having me. Um, the best way is to visit insightmg.com. So that's insight, M is in marketing, G is in group.com. Or you can check us out on Twitter or Instagram at Dr. Marketing Tips, DR Marketing Tips. Great. Well, again, I'd like to thank Corey Gerald, uh, VP of Client Strategy at Insight Marketing Group, for joining the show. Thanks for listening to the Agile World with Greg Kilstrom. See you next week. 
Thanks again for listening to the Agile World Podcast, brought to you by Tech Systems. I'm your host, Greg Kilstrom. If you enjoyed the show, please take a minute to subscribe on your podcast channel of choice and leave us a rating so that others can find the show more easily. You can learn more and get a copy of my latest book, The Agile Workforce, from my website at theagile.world.